It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And when it hits the fan, and by it, I mean, shh, it hits the fan. You need to uh, know how to rely on yourself, gather your courage, your wits, and your resources. You need to know that you are the greatest asset you have. So on this episode of Kennedy Saves the World, I'm going to turn to a tome written by a former Special Forces Green Beret. Uh, he has hopped out of planes. He has fought bad guys. He fought the law and he won. His name is Daniel Fielding, and he has a new book called The Asset Mindset, A Special Forces Perspective for Achieving Success. Daniel, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Thank you, Kennedy, for having me. I love your energy and all your positivity. And that's right. Everybody is their own greatest asset. You need to own your power. Quit whining. Quit being a crybaby. Don't be a snowflake. Own your power and make sh- it happen. That's that's a really good point because I, I think that's one of the things that frustrates me so much about snowflake culture and the constant constant victimhood and people looking for reasons to complain and always searching for comfort. Um, you you really turn your world into such a negative spiral when you're constantly um, looking for someone to pat you on the back and tell you it's all better because sometimes it's not going to be better. But one of the things that I really like about your book is, you know, first of all, you see yourself as an incredible asset, but also uh, the importance of positivity and, you know, what you put into your thoughts and, and how that enters the world as positive action and a solution-based mindset. When did you first think of yourself as an asset? It started off when I was younger with my father, like I talk about in the book. And the stump. You talk about the stump. stump. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know the stump story. I love it. Yeah, that's a great one. That story actually relates quite well with a lot of people. And I just love that story because it shows that story. There was someone there that said, you can't do that. And I was 12 years old and I had an adult saying, you can't do that. You know, being a young boy, I'm like, oh, I'll show you what I can do. And it was a lot of work. I was a little naive. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I didn't allow myself to quit. You made a you made a hundred dollar bet with a neighbor who said that that you would not be able to on your own as a 12 year old with hand tools, dig out a giant stump and all the roots and and the main root that anchors the tree into the earth that you wouldn't be able to do that by yourself. So let me ask you, and you did, you won the hundred dollar bet and the guy was super frustrated. Your dad was very proud. Your dad let you do all the work, which, you know, only speaks to the uh, phenomenal power of a good parent and what a present parent does laying a foundation for someone's life. And, you know, uh, and another part of the snowflake mentality is these parents who 
foster that. They don't let their children fail. They don't want their children to be uncomfortable. So their children never really try. And and that puts society on a collision course, ultimately. But but your dad was one of the good ones. But what is it, Daniel, what is it about? Because I found this in my own life. Like, I remember when I left Oregon and moved to California when I was 18, um, you know, just after high school, I, I wasn't going to college. I didn't really have a plan, but I wanted to get out of the Pacific Northwest and see a different part of the country and try and figure it out on my own. That was really important to me. And I remember one of my family members was like talking to another family member, placing bets as to whether or not I would move home by Thanksgiving and that I would I would give up. And there was something about someone telling me that I couldn't do something that was so motivating. What is that? Well, I think that comes down to your spirit and a lot of people's spirits. And not everybody has that. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to teach that through my book. Like the asset mindset is a kick in the butt. Like you need a kick in the ass every once in a while. My dad did that. Most good parents do that. And I think that's what's wrong with a lot of these snowflakes now. And parents are coddling and sheltering people too much. I mean, you can learn from an old time thing with farmers. If you planted a seed and you kept it in a greenhouse and then you just brought it outside and planted it, it would die because the harsh environment, the wind, the sun would burn it. And you have to take that plant out and harden it slowly. And then you can plant it in the ground or you just plant the seed in a tough, hard environment from the beginning and it will grow hard and it will be able to thrive. But you cannot shelter something its entire life and then put it in an environment or now you're an adult after being sheltered as a child and you're thrown into the world where the world will eat you up because guess what? The world's tough for everyone. I don't care where you are born, what you go through. You are a human being. And part of the human being condition is you will be challenged. God's going to throw things in your way that you're not going to like. And you just have to deal with it and suck it up, embrace the suck and move on. So how important is it? Because um, I was talking about this today, about the idea of discomfort. And I've talked about this on the podcast a lot. One of the things I really like about triathlon and triathlon training is overcoming, like the idea of overcoming and putting yourself in an environment and and giving yourself some circumstances that are really uncomfortable. And, you know, it's like, not only does your body want to quit, your body doesn't even want to start. Like sometimes the, the hardest part of any workout or any race is the first five minutes. And, you know, having to override that very loud voice inside of you, it's like, no, let's not do this today. You know, let's just go get back on the couch and watch some football. But, the, the overcoming and, and the challenging yourself is so important. But I feel like we've gotten away from that. Like we have placed ourselves at a point in society where it's so important for us to be comfortable. And I know in the training that you had, your special forces training, a lot of that is discomfort, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's where someone's will is tested. Their spirit and heart is tested. You as a person, if you're always comfortable, you're never going to know exactly how great you could be. You need to make choices to get out there and do things. Life is not just going to hand stuff to you. And people need to realize that you can't just sit around and complain about stuff. You need to choose to make a difference. I have a line in my Dragon Warrior Code. It's, I am what I am because I choose to be. 
you know, Popeye the Sailor Man even had a, you know, saying like that. I am what I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Like everybody needs to choose their life. And you know what? If you choose to be a victim, you're always going to be a victim. If you choose to whine and complain, guess what? That's what your life is. And I want more for people's lives. That's why I wrote the asset mindset. In special forces, we have a Latin motto, Dei Oppressor Liber, which is to free from oppression. Free the oppressed. Yes. Well, I've taken that motto, Kennedy, now, and I'm trying to bring it to the civilian world because I believe people oppress themselves with their own thinking. Like they need to wake up and stop thinking these negative things. Stop thinking, oh, I can't or, oh, the world's against me or, oh, I don't have the skills. Well, guess what? Get out there, get the skills. You live in the modern world. You have a phone that you can probably type in and get answers to anything. Watch a YouTube video. You can pursue it. You have no excuse nowadays. You can learn and do things. You just need to make that choice and put the effort in. Yeah, you want to dig a trench? Trench? You want to make a croissant? Just go on YouTube. You can do it if if you put the work in, and you know Absolutely. you you put your your shoulder into it, and you know phenomenal things will happen. But I I totally agree with that. I really feel it, and especially you know I I love traveling. I love talking about travel and. I think one of the ways that people oppress themselves is they think it's too hard. It's too hard to get a passport. I don't want to sit on a plane for eight to 10 hours. You know, what if I don't speak the language? I don't think I have an adapter. I don't know what shoes to wear if I go over there and all those things. And and those are like micro oppressions. You know, those are little things that people do to themselves throughout their day for their whole lives that keep them from living. You know, it's like when you go somewhere cool and you do something amazing, you don't go home on the trip going, man, I I wish I hadn't wasted all that time hiking to that waterfall. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of it is what you're saying, those oppressions, those are excuses. People like to make excuses because that makes them feel good for why they didn't do something or didn't accomplish them. It's the easy way out. And People need to realize if you want to have a great life, if you want to be successful, if you want to reach your goals, you can't make excuses. You can't take the easy soft way. There is no easy way to success. You have to make a choice. I actually even write in the book a little joke saying like, hey, even the easy way to get rich, you still have to win the lottery. You have to make a choice, spend the effort, go to the store, pay the money, get the ticket. Like you still have to put effort in. For the easiest way to become wealthy and rich, which is to win the lottery. And I don't suggest doing that by any means because the odds are ridiculous and against you. And it's just a way for the government to, you know, get more money out of us. But that's a whole nother story, as I'm sure you know. All right. We got more of this interview after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. So let me ask you this, because I'm always curious uh, for people who have served, particularly uh, people in special forces, because I find a, a lot of you who have chosen that path tend to be kind of natural libertarians. What is it about the way you serve that makes you come out and and look at the world differently? I think going to combat, you live in the moment. And you are just realizing what is precious, what is evil, what is good, 
and you just want freedom to be you. And that's what every libertarian to me is. That's what we're all about. Like, I want to be able to be free to live and pursue my happiness the way I want. I'm not going to tell you how to do yours, but you don't tell me how to do mine. You don't hurt me. I won't hurt you. Let's all get along. Let's you think how you think. I think how I think. But let's move forward. Let's be responsible human beings on this earth. When did you decide that you wanted to go into the military? Uh, right after 9-11, pretty much. That's when was my defining moment. I've talked about I've always had this calling or this little fire in me, but it didn't turn into a raging fire until after 9-11 when I watched the towers be hit. I didn't see Tower 1 get hit, but I was watching when Tower 2 got struck live, eating breakfast, watching the news, and I was like, whoa. Where were you? This, I was uh, just south of Boston. I was... Um, living in Wareham, Massachusetts, Cape Cod area. Oh, are you a mass hole? Yes, I was born a mass hole. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. I wouldn't move back there in that that state. I love the state, uh -huh. but it's one of those things like I don't know how they 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 even joke themselves called Taxachusetts. Like you guys did the tea party. You're like the patriots. Like you're revolutionaries. And now how far the pendulum has swung in that state. It's no, I, I agree with you completely. Like it, it's the same. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. It's the same thing. Like, God, I love I mean, I couldn't wait to get out of the city when I was 18. But when I was a kid, I loved it. I love going back and, and going crabbing with my brother. You know, I, I love running along the Willamette River. I love all those things. But the rest of it is just, you know, these choices that, that people make constantly to give up their own freedom. And that's one of the things that resonated with me when I was reading your book. And, you know, it's like talk about the individual oppressing themselves, but also a culture and a society suppressing itself because, yes, Massachusetts was the birth of the Tea Party. San Francisco was the birth of the free love movement in this country. You know, it's like, yay, boobies, let's be free. Let's stand up against the establishment. And now, Absolutely. like, the establishment that they have created is a dystopia. Absolutely. It's, it's so sad, and I'm hoping the pendulum's going to swing back. I mean, people are, a lot of them are waking up. A lot of people are moving. People are leaving those cities and going to other places where they have more freedom, where they're actually respected, where they have choice to do and live how they want. There's a there's a reason. And I think that's one of the great things of our founding fathers and the state's, you know, rights theory. Like they have their own rights and people will choose. You know, you can go and live where you want. That's why we're the United States. Yes, that's why we're a republic. And it's not. A, a top down. I mean, it's it's becoming that way. Our our government is becoming very, very dangerously centralized, and and we're losing touch with federalism. But they're not in certain states. I know you're in Nashville, and and Tennessee is, in in my opinion, and the experiences that I have had there, um, it it's its own bastion of freedom. And you know, I would say the same for Texas and parts of Florida. And, you know, there, there are other parts of the country where people still very much want to be free. People are family oriented. People are patriotic, but they just want to be left the hell alone. And it, it's getting harder and harder to find those places. Absolutely. It is getting harder and harder. 
But I do have some hope in the youth that they are getting fed up. I have a 16-year-old son, and he jokes all the time, like, go woke, go broke, you know, because he heard <laughs> what happened with Bud Light and everything. And yeah. It's like, it's kind of funny the youth is even saying that. So now, before, back in the day, you know, you wanted to be more of a liberal and fight the man. And now you're realizing, you know, these younger kids are like, wait a minute, the man is forcing this liberal stuff on me or forcing me to think and say this way. And I just want to be, so I think, and I'm praying that the pendulum is going to swing backwards with people like you, myself and others that are going to help change the world in a sense, save the world, like you say, to being a free place for people because the United States I mean, President Reagan said it the best. We we are absolutely, you know, the city upon the hill. And if we are not there, like who's going to come save the world or who would save us if we crumble? Nobody's going to come and ship food over to us and help us and save us. Like we need to do it ourselves and we need to straighten things out before we really have a problem. And a lot of these people that are crazy extremists that are like, oh, we want a civil war, you know, like that is so dumb. I've been to war. You do not. I mean, look at Ukraine, what just happened. You could go see some of the Ukrainian cities, what they were a couple of years ago. They were beautiful. You could walk around. Now they're torn apart. It takes no time to destroy a civilization or a city or a culture. No time at all. It takes a long damn time to rebuild it. And people need to know that and realize that. And let's get our shit together. I'm sorry. No, that's I you're no, that. Daniel, you're <laughs> absolutely right. And and I'm glad you're saying it because you know, we we have to get back to this mentality of self-reliance in order to be harmonious again. And I think so much of the disharmony comes from the negativity that starts on the individual level and and it really is like a virus that infects the rest of society. So, you've got a you've got a 16-year-old son. You you've got three kids, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I do. So do you do you want too. any of your kids to serve in the military like you did? Um, I would think it would be a great thing. It's a very selfless act to serve. I am nervous, though. The military is not the same military I was in. Absolutely. It has changed. I've heard from one of my friends that's now retiring. I'm not going to mention any names because of just, you know, he's still in and in the special forces community, but he went through a course that said the Gadsden flag, the don't tread on me with the snake could not be hung up because that was extremist. But some of the soldiers could hang a black lives matters flag. And he made a point in this briefing in the meeting, he's like, my license plate that's issued from the state government is the Gadsden flag. Like that is a symbolic thing from our, how is that racist or extremist or like we are defining things and we're changing definitions to suit certain narratives, which is scary. And I'm worried that a lot of people aren't going to know the truth and the, the real story behind certain things. And it's it it's really concerning when the military starts to be a social experiment, not, hey, we need to be badass and be able to defend our country and defend our republic. Yes, and I think objectively. That yeah. You mentioned a republic because a lot of people do not know or they think, oh, no, we're a democracy. No, we are not. We are a republic. 
we have a constitution. We are like, it's, it's so scary. And people, when they don't know history and they don't know how easy it is to turn a democracy into a tyranny just through voting, because you can brainwash people. And people are, I, I really hope, and I, I share that with you, that especially some of the younger boys, because it's really, really boring as a kid to be a progressive. It is so much more fun to be a conservative because you want to get a rise out of people. And I have two daughters and a lot of their guy friends, they self-identify as conservatives. And I think it's great because it drives their teachers crazy. You know, it's like being a stoner in the 80s. It's it's phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm absolutely here for it. Obviously, I, I would love to see everyone who's being raised in, you know, the era of oppressive teachers unions to become much more libertarian and become, you know, skeptics and the authors of their own fate. And I do think that your book is a great way to start. And, you know, looking at yourself as an asset and changing your mindset and, you know, having a code and, you know, having that work ethic and feeding the optimistic, hardworking wolf. So that is the the dominant one in your life. Absolutely. That that's a great story too, that old Cherokee story about the two wolves living inside me, the grandfather talking to his grandson. That's a great one. But I gotta say, you know, the asset mindset for me is lifting me up more because I'm wanting to share it because I see the change it's making in people. I've recently absolutely come to the belief that the pen is mightier than the sword. After 9-11, I wanted to protect and defend the world and join, you know, a badass unit and go get the bad guys and help make the world a better place. I am now seeing through the asset mindset, the changes and the responses and the emails and the reviews I get all the time. This I'm touching so many more people and so many more lives are changing. I had a 92 year old woman that said my book changed her life oh. in person. And I'm like, you're 92. Like, how could I help you? Like, you should be giving all kinds of knowledge to me. She goes, nope, you motivate me. I have a job again. She's like, I got back out there in the world and I wanted to make a difference and I got a job. Good I for her. And she's old. she's a green beret now because the army has yeah. <laughs> changed her standards a little bit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, Daniel, well, yeah, I, I really, incredible. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your book. I want to thank you for your service and, you know, helping people realize that, you know, this mindset can improve their lives and focus their being in ways that that maybe people never realized. So thank you for that. Yeah. And it's a great, easy read and it's good for all ages and it's shaping people. It's go read the reviews, go check it out yourself. And I promise you it, it will change you. The Asset Mindset, a special forces perspective for achieving success. Daniel Fielding, thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for having me, Kennedy. God bless and have a great day. God bless you. God bless America. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network.
Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.